Welcome back to your weekly dose of transformation. Transform you family, my transformers. Grab your notebook, your favorite beverage, and get ready to dive deep into real talk, actionable steps, and a whole lot of heart. I'm your guy, Marcus Hart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my transformers out there, raise a glass or a podcast app if you got it. Tonight, our guest, a man of many talents and even more whiskey, Mr. Whiskey. And uh, the whiskey is uh, not necessarily literal, but hold on. This ain't your average whiskey concert Uh This is a comedian, author, ghostwriter, podcaster, content creator, and yes, even a life coach who uses his own fiery spirit to light the way for others. He's hailing from the north, but rocking the southern draw. Mr. Whiskey is a U.S. Navy veteran, an electrician, mate nuclear by trade. You might say he was exposed to some truly unique characters during his service, and those characters became the inspirations for his legendary podcast, Couple of Nukes. Now, don't be fooled by the name sure, Mr. Whiskey. He goes deep into life's complex issues. He's a champion for aspiring writers, a beacon of hope for those struggling with mental health, and a guiding hand for anyone seeking their own inner compass. And get this. He does it all solo, friends, from creating the show to hitting that record button, editing, scheduling, and even running the social media. This is a one-man powerhouse. He's fueled by pure passion. Each episode, Mr. Whiskey invites someone new aboard his podcast and ship. They share their stories, their battles, their triumphs, and together they create a wave of connection that washes over listeners, leaving them entertained, empowered, and maybe even a little tipsy on inspiration. So buckle up, crewmates. Tonight we're joining Mr. Whiskey on a unique voyage across the seas of life. Are you ready to set sail? Let's give him a warm welcome. And with that, cue the applause. Unfortunately, I don't have sound effects, but get ready for an amazing interview. How's it going, Mr. Whiskey? (laughs) It's going great. I gotta say, you know, when I introduce myself on the show, I just say, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Whiskey. So to hear that little bio, I mean, it, it did give my ego a little stroke there. And uh, I haven't started drinking yet. I'm actually drinking tea this morning. I had a fever last night, woke up, uh, scratchy throat, unable to talk. But luckily in Savannah, shout out to the tea room, over 100 different types of teas from all over the world, special parts. They go and get, they go to mountains, they go to oceans, they go all over to gather special herbs. And whatever I drank, instantly healed so it, it may have been spiked you know I'll, I'll leave that to the audience to decide but yeah marcus buddy good to see you again for those of you who don't know he actually came on my show the episode's not out yet but it will be and marcus i may yeah, be check requesting it out your, once it come out yeah for sure i may be uh requesting your dj skills soon here i'm actually going to be dropping a rap video about the people left behind after a person commits suicide and it's going to feature me as two different personalities, you know, that kind of that survivor's guilt, that person inside of you who says, you didn't do enough, why didn't you stop them? And the other person who says, look, man, you got to be real with yourself. If a person makes that decision, you know, and goes through with it, there's only so much you can do. And I'm not saying don't do anything, but I'm saying afterward, don't let it burden you for the rest of your life. You know, I've had a lot of conversations. And, you know, Marcus, we talked about this a little bit before. I've had people come to my room 
in the middle of the night, Mr. Whiskey, can we go for a drive? No destination. I just need to go for a long drive and, and get some things off my chest. And I'm telling you, shipmates and sailors and everyone out there, you go for that drive. I, look, I've done it before exams. I've pulled all-nighters. Nothing is more important than taking care of someone. I've been up to 3 a.m. listening to a man talk about every ex-girlfriend he ever had. But you know what? He needed to get it off his chest. And, and women, men, whoever, we got to be there for each other. So, yeah, you kind of mentioned uh, I talk about suicide a lot. And it's because the school I went through, we had about one to three a month on base, about one to three month guaranteed pretty much. And the ship I was on, we had 15 in about a year and a half, three in the same week. Uh, we even had a murder. You know, the, the stress, the emotions got to the point a man actually killed his wife. Uh, it was off the ship. But I remember I was staying in a, a radiation watch, securing a radiation area. And the ship got quiet. Everyone disappeared. And I stuck my head out the door. And I said, where is everyone? My buddy found me later, homewrecker. He's been on the show. And he was like, Mr. Whiskey, where you at that all hands call? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, there was an emergency muster. I said, oh, well, I was on watch, you know. I was on a vital watch, so no one got me, right? Captain was crying. He called everyone in the hangar bay. He was shedding tears. And he goes, there, there's, there's been a murder, uh, a shipmate against another shipmate. And, and I mean, our captain, uh, I respect him so much. He's the guy, and he shared with us because we had so many suicides. And he's the guy who has to make the phone call home. You know, he has to call and talk to the parents. You know, ma'am, right. sir, we've lost your son or daughter on, on my watch, on my ship, at my command. And I remember when he really broke down is this guy got drunk on our ship. And he went out for a joyride on his motorcycle. Went so fast, both him and the bike were cut clean in half when he crashed. Just cut right down the middle like in a movie a cartoon and he had to make that phone call he goes as if the the calls home for suicides aren't hard enough for me to make to now say another phone call and, and so his point there was to to make smart decisions and and as much as we joke about drinking and everything ladies and gentlemen it's like with regulation you know i, I get it the service is rough i mean marcus you've been there man and it's like drinking is an outlet but we talk all the time on my show about Drinking, sex, you know, drugs, smoking, excessive sleeping, all these bad de-stressors. And before we started recording, you were talking about some good de-stressors like acupuncture, meditation, yoga, writing. There's so many outlets and service members, especially men, you know, kind of get this, this pride going well. You know, I, I've, I've been bullied for, I've, I've published nine books. I've got one to three more coming out this year and, and I've been made fun of it for it, but that's my outlet, man. And you can you can call me gay for writing poetry and all you want, but I got better emotional control than, than some of the guys who be doing that. And sometimes we really have to put aside our pride and, and take care of our hobbies. So, Marcus, you know, is your music an outlet for you? Yeah, man, my, my music has definitely been, you know, my biggest outlet. And, you know, for the first time in, in a while, I was able to, like, uh, you know, um, write some music last night. and. I was able to, you know, just rock some beats out, man, and um, and like like I was telling you, like uh, when when you interviewed me, I've been learning learning acoustic guitar, like, yeah. trying to pick up pick up pick that up, it, and like you said, we, we got to have healthier outlets. You know, a lot of times when when we don't when we don't explore those those healthier outlets, um, that's when we turn to those dangerous ones. You know, we, we, we turn to like the alcohol, we turn it to the sex, we turn to things that's just going to like 
make us feel even more dirtier and 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 uh, make us feel uh, more uh, shameful and and, and want to spiral downward. Um, and, and Mr. Whiskey, like you, I, I just commend your your resilience. I commend uh, how strong you were to 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 be able to like witness all of that. Um, and 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 just looking back, like how 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 were you able to? Uh, to 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 really you know like you know before before you discovered writing writing like or what or were you writing through through some of those moments already were you writing through some of those moments already or or, or, or were you even like even conscious to like what's what was going on around you when when people were like dropping left and right so and these were your peers Right, right. People I knew personally. And I feel like part of what you're trying to get to uh, to help everyone else out is, you know, how do you handle this as, as a firsthand witness and all that? And the thing is, Marcus, I'm not special compared to anyone else. In fact, I've had interventions done on me for uh, this chief stopped me. And he said, Mr. Whiskey, you stretch yourself way too thin, taking care of everyone else. Even Superman couldn't save everyone. And I've said this before. I don't like Superman. I'm team Batman. But you know, the idea is that Superman is the strongest character ever, right? He could save everyone. But even he had people he couldn't save. And the thing, Marcus, is when you take care of everyone else, you do lose yourself. And you got to think, listening to all these sailors and, and civilians tell me everything wrong with their life, they're they're vomiting onto me, their negativity, right? And, and I became a sponge for that. And I myself have dealt with suicidal ideations and depression. and Misery loves company. I used to hang out at the smoke pit and I don't smoke, but all the sailors would go there and try to get out of work and smoke. And I would go there and I would listen to them, you know, vent. They needed someone there for them. But then I'm stuck with all of it. And I'm like, well, who do I talk to? You know, that's not something you want to take home to your family and your friends are the ones venting to you. And so it's a lonely path in some ways. And that's why I really like having this platform I've created, Couple of Nukes, where I'm able to discuss it with a lot of people people who have gone through the same things. And so writing definitely helped me poetry, but there's also times where I just went out for a long drive. You know, one of my most heartbreaking moments actually was one of my buddies. I never knew that he was suicidal or depressed. And after I got out of the military, he reached out to me and I guess, you know, he felt comfortable now. Part of it was there's supposed to be a mandatory reporter in the military. And you know, a lot of us have to make decisions between the military and, and what's best for our friends uh, because sometimes re reporting a person isn't the best solution, you know, because there's there's a difference between action and talk. And a lot of military members talk very negative, talk very about things they're going to do and, and they're not going to follow through with it. And I'm not saying everyone's full of everyone's bluffing, right? Definitely don't take it that way because you never know when someone's going to commit something. But he felt more comfortable once I was out of the, the military. And it, it broke my heart because this was a guy, Marcus, I mean, never saw it coming. I mean, and, and he's alive, you know, he's been underway for a while now and I haven't heard from him. And I, and I always check out when I can. But, you know, he was doing his job. He had he was in a relationship that he was happy with. He was joking, laughing like the rest of us. And one of the things they brief us in the military, because it's become such an epidemic, 
you know, is no one is safe from, from feeling bad. And, and that's the truth, you know. It, we all have bad days. And in the service, it's especially hard. And, and Marcus, if you can confirm this with me, I felt like the military is very isolating on a lot of levels because, you know, you really don't have that time for your family and friends. You know, you, you get, and I saw it on Instagram, and this is one of my favorite quotes, they get used to living life without you, but you don't get used to living life without them. You're distracted. You're on the mission, right? And so you're thinking about them, but you know you can't go to them. They just accept, you know, Mr. Whiskey, Marcus, they're overseas, they're gone, they can't be with us, and they move on. And then we get out and we want to go back to how things were and we can't because they've moved on. They're used to life without us. And it's really heartbreaking. But even our military friends, out of sight, out of mind. And Marcus, I don't know how many friends you've made where once they got stationed somewhere else, it's like, if you see them again, you're still brothers and sisters. But man, it's like they're just living their own life, right? Exactly. And and then at that point, you feel like you a, a man or a woman uh, on the island at that point. And, um, and you feel so misunderstood because, you know, all these all these years you know, or months, you know, depending on you know, how, how short or long your service time was, you, you, you've been detached from like civilian life and and that detached from civilian life. It, you know, it has created just, you know, just um, two different worlds for you, okay? Yeah. And um, that's, that's, that's the part that, like, you, you, you struggle to bridge back together. Yeah. You know, and, and like, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, even within the military itself, you're isolated because you're part of this brotherhood, mm -hmm. sisterhood, whatever you want to call it. But it's clicky in a sense, like, you know, the nukes were kind of with the nukes. The topsiders were with the topsiders. And I don't know how it is in the Army or the Marines or the Air Force, but oh, you yes, got yes. The, the rank, too. Is, you know, in the civilian world, if you want to talk to your boss or your manager about something, it's so much less intimidating than, like, opening up to a chief or a master chief or a sergeant, a sergeant major. I don't know this, the Army terms, but, you know, the rank separation. And at least that's the way I felt in the Navy is, like, you know, unless they were only one or two ranks above you, you know, it was difficult to talk to them. And on some level, it has to be, you know, to have that respect. But that's what I loved about our captain was he saw us as people, as sailors. It didn't didn't matter how high ranked he was. He and I were equals, you know, and, and he and whoever, and he would come sit with us and have lunch with us in the, in the galley. And he was so personable. And a lot of the military lacks that personableness because, you know, it's supposed to be no individuality you know it's supposed to be we're on a mission we're systematic so yeah and you know writing helped me through it um but a lot of it you know is it's locked up and it's still locked up but i've had vietnam veterans come on my show who said you know you lock it up and it's just like anything else it gets eroded over time you know that box you put it in and I've had guys who 40 years after what they went through starts coming out and it comes out worse, you know? And so I'm still figuring out how to deal with it, but I rather take, you know, this journey where I had to figure out what to do with all this information than having never let them vent, you know? And the, like I said, the biggest part that surprised me is people you would never expect, you know, best friends, colleagues, people you inspire to be like, 
And so, Marcus, did you ever lose it, lose anyone to suicide while you were serving or afterward or anything like that? What's interesting is that we 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 had attempts while while we were deployed and, and while we were mobilizing. And then um, and then I, I can think back to like also uh, while we were drip, you know, even before like we we um, got called, got, got activated. Uh, and while we were still drilling and going through uh, um, annual tra- uh, annual training, because I was I was a guardsman, you know. So, you know, like so, you know, you you you, you drill, you have your annual training, you go yeah. back home, you chilling. Uh, so, but you know, so you, people people would get into trouble. You know, the, you, people when you go go get a speeding ticket, when you know, <laughs> like you know, yeah. you go get arrested for going to the bar. You know, so you. You don't really got got it that hard as someone who's active duty, uh, but uh, but like, but like I, but like so my you know so my experience um, is is a little bit you know not it's not so different but like you know but once we once we did get activated, you know it it it, it became a little bit more it, it did get it get very intense and then when people got back home, it, it, that's when like shit hit the fan for a lot of people and as they was transitioning back that's when we started seeing people drop like flies so um it was it was a very very huge shocker to to hear of people that like you wouldn't even expect to to take themselves out these you know these individuals that like you remember you know, being like the most jolliest ones, yeah. you know, the most positive ones. With families, you know, wives and kids. Yeah, like, yeah, with wives and kids, like, you know, just taking themselves out. Uh, or or the ones who, like, you know, like, what's the, like, the, the playboys, like, you know, be- before, like, before we they yeah. mo- uh, uh, mobilize, like, you know, like, like, dude, you, like, you, like, you know, out of all people, you, you used to have all, all the chicks around you, and, you know, <laughs> like you was picking up navy chicks when he was over there, and like you take yourself out. Yeah, so, so yeah, man, and um, it it was hard, and then um, and then 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 even myself, you know, I, I had attempts, you know, and then um, everybody was uh, very surprised at me, and you know, and uh, and it hurt a lot of people to hear that I that I had attempts that you know um, that right. nearly became became fatal. Uh, so I, I had my very own struggles. Uh, with with my with my own attempts, and so I had a, a, a lot of interventions, um, you know, where I had um, uh, NCO uh, called me personally and said, you know, Marcus, you know, we can't lose you. You know, he called me by, by my first name, so right. he, so for him to call me my first name, you know, you know, it was real. Yeah, yeah, I feel that, and you know, so I'm publishing a nonfiction book soon. So usually I write fiction. But I'm publishing my first nonfiction, and it's actually about, you know, identity and, and suicide. And the title is called Who Would Miss Me? Because that's the big question. Like, you know, even civilian side, that's anyone who ever commits suicide or thinks about committing suicide. That's one of the biggest driving factors is who would miss me? I have no one. And we already discussed, Marcus, how isolating the military is. So it's an even bigger factor for you know, military members. Now, I listened to this podcaster, Die Manuel. He's actually coming on my show and I'm going on his show. And he had a guy come on. They were talking about some stats. And I found out this very shocking fact that broke my heart. The second leading cause of death 
in children between the ages of 10 and 14 is suicide. 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds. And of course, you know, my instant thing was I blame social media. But even still, just think about that. Children are, are taking their own lives. And, you know, I definitely had a rough childhood. But still, not until I was, you know, in high school, at least, to think that children are, are thinking about that stuff is, is so awful. But, yeah, I, I just emphasize that point that it's not just military. I want everyone to know that everything we're talking about is for everyone. You know, no one yeah, is, yeah. is safe from feeling bad, like I said. And like I said, that isolation, man. So man, making sure each other are okay, you know. Douglas Brinker came on my podcast and he actually attempted suicide twice. They actually saved his life. He had used alcohol and drugs to get rid of himself in in a bathroom in a bar and they pumped him out and and saved his life. And now he works as the person who answers the phone for suicidal veterans and he's paying forward what they did to him. And so it's a really touching episode. And he was talking about, he shared a story of how this young man was going to commit suicide and a veteran had just told him, you know, he said, Hey, young man, they just bumped into him at the bank. He said, young man, I appreciate what you're doing and you're cared for and hope you have a great day. And, and, and the man stopped, the young man stopped. And so what I emphasize too is you never know how small of an interaction, you know, what small act of kindness, how far it goes. It, it really does have a snowball effect. And in a world we are surrounded by negativity. Social media pumps out so much stuff on our feed. The news, every time I go to Planet Fitness and I look at the TV screens, it's nothing but bad news. And so, you know, the good part about that is a light is best seen in the darkest place, you know? And so just that small act of kindness. And Marcus, what really helped you through with, with your thoughts? I mean, just someone calling you by your first name you know, in the military showing you that bit of, you know, human to human interaction, right? Would you say that such a small act had such a big impact in your life? You know, just, just that, that, that personal, personal, that added personal touch uh, to, to, to re, to, to give that person some, some dignity, you know, um, some, a lot of times people lose dignity and they, they lose touch of, uh, of their souls. You know, and and forget that like uh, there's there's an inner person, you know, um, inside of them, and, and and when you lose touch of that 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 true inner person, you 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 lose in touch of like all of those all of those good memories, all all of those good things about yourself. You know, and you know, and I I want to go back to something you you said earlier, you, you know, about like just. Uh, interacting with like all all of the the Vietnam veterans, man, because um, right. they they're they're they history book, they're walking history book. They are, you know? they really are. Um, and uh, it, you know, and I know that there's a lot, a lot of a lot of wisdom you can you can get from like talking to to a lot of them. You know, is there any like anything like that stick out like that stick out the most from like talking to them? Yeah, you know, to 20 years old, leading a whole platoon of soldiers through the jungle, losing people, making decisions on life and death. And it, what they went through, I just could never imagine. It, I have so much respect for them. 
but they came home and they weren't heroes, you know, and he shared this with me. And I had heard a little bit about this, which was, you know, they, they weren't welcome. Uh, America hated them compared to, you know, World War II veterans were heroes. People honored them. They had parades, but people were protesting in Vietnam War. And what he told me that really changed my perspective is he said, if you see a Vietnam veteran, don't say thank you for your service. Say, welcome home. He said, because we didn't get that. And he shared a story where he said it to another Vietnam veteran. He said, welcome home and thank you for what you did. And the guy just started crying because when he got home, he was booed. You know, he, people, people hated him. After he had just spent two years going through the jungle, lost half of the people he was with. You know, it was so. But yeah, I mean, the biggest thing from them was, you know, uh, Raul Herrera, he wrote. Uh, capturing skunk alpha and he came on the show and talked about that book and the reason he wrote it 40 years later was because the voice of of the man on the ship with him who was killed was haunting him for 40 years he refused to talk about vietnam and what had happened and he said when he wrote the book it was silence it was peace and he felt like you know part of what was bothering him was not sharing the story of what people went through you know, acknowledging other service members and what they go through is so important, you know, and, and I always appreciate it when I, I have people thank me and they say, I could never do what you did. And I say, I, I don't know how I did what I did because it, it really is awful. I, so on our ship, we had group therapy sessions and I'm not really supposed to talk about what happens in those, but what I will share is, you know, a guy broke down crying and it was so touching. I'm a full grown man. He was a hothead on the ship. He was always punching stuff and he hated it there. He broke down crying and he expressed this, which was so touching to me. He goes, we're in home port and we've lost more. We've lost so many people. He goes, this was supposed to be the time of our life. We were promised traveling and vacations. We're not actively deployed. This is home port. This is supposed to be our time where we're checking out Virginia Beach and, and, and hitting on girls and drinking and, and suntanning. And instead, we've already lost sailors you know, left and right in home port. And that was so touching to me, you know, that we're losing more people to, to our own selves and our emotions and our work environment. And one of the scary things was my mentor who was training me during prototype when I was on the submarine, he said, Mr. Whiskey, do you understand why what happened? And this was, he was referring to the ship that I ended up getting stationed on. He's like, do you know why all the suicides on that ship were bad. And I was like, well, what, other than the fact that human lives were lost, what are you referring to? He goes, the ship that you're going on didn't make changes or improve anything until after all those suicides. So this is the message they've sent now that change will happen if people take their lives and it's going to spread. And I've seen that in, in the military where people are like, you know what, we just need a couple of suicides to get this place spruced up. And and that is such an awful mindset. Wow. You know, that isn't martyrdom. That's just awful. And and that's part of the thing is I have people come on the show and we talk about toxic leadership and the work environment. And I'll share this. I love sharing this, you know, because my boss said something that really showed, that really reflected some of the work environment. I went up to him and I said, hey, we're having this, it's called duty day in the Navy. It's a 24 hour working day and you have watches and stuff. You can't leave the ship. And I said, look, we're doing this every other day. We could do it 
like some of the other divisions on the ship every six days. We had the manning for it. Here's how we could hour everything. And he goes, Mr. Whiskey, y'all have it better than I did when I was doing what you did. So unless you have it worse, I'm not changing anything. And, you know, that really blew my mind because here's where I'm at as a leader, Marcus. I want it to be better and better and better. And, you know, whether I like the people who are replacing me or, or I'm training or not, if they can have it better, that's what I want to provide for them. Because a better work environment, happier sailors means more lives saved, less lives lost, and, and everything will get done. But this guy's mindset was, unless you guys have it worse than I had it, you know, then I don't care. You know, you guys are spoiled by, by my view. And that, what kind of leadership is that? That's not the leadership we need. You know, and my best, it's awful because my favorite leaders, the mentors I had that were great, that I loved, all of them were low ranking because they lost their rank taking care of their sailors. When their sailors were overworked and they said, look, you've been pushing them too hard. I'm letting them go home. All right, you're going to captain's mass. That, that's how it works, unfortunately. And so the work environment and the leadership, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And they're always like, well, Mr. Whiskey, you should stay in for life and become the change you want to see. And what's ridiculous about that, as much as I'd love to do that, is I shouldn't have to devote my life to making this minimal change just because this is, no one else wants to do it. You know, they always say one team, one fight, but only when it uh, affects you in a bad way. You know, the whole class is going to get in trouble because one guy did this. But how about the whole command or something that affects your leader? Then, then it's not one team, one fight. You know, so Marcus, how how would you say when you served, the leadership was, and have you seen? Did you see improvements throughout time, or did things get worse? Not, not during my time. You know, I, I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't see it in my era. You know, I you know I got to be completely honest with you. Yeah, it, it, especially when we were deployed, it, it was a lot of toxic leadership and a, a lot of similarities and a lot of parallels. Um, you got you got to remember, like it, it was oh six oh seven, so when I deployed, yeah. um, you know, so Bush was still in office, Cheney was still, <laughs> Cheney was really really running 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 things, <laughs> so right, um, you know, and but all jokes aside, though, um, uh, what what I remember most, um, and 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 a lot of times, and me being that close to, uh, to those who's I guess getting the most from from the top from the top top. Uh, they were burned out, you know. NCOs were burned out. Um, company company commanders were burned out. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. just just as much as we were burned out. You know, a lot of those a lot of those top you know a lot of those above us were burned out. So so they took their frustrations out on us. You know and um. Just as much as they, you know, they needed needed a break, you know, you know, like they they, it's like they slave drive us, and 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 instead of being, you know, instead of them saying, okay, well, you know, I don't like the fact that you know our our brigadier general is doing this to us. You know, I don't like the fact that there's so much red tape going on. You know, uh, there's things being, you know, flowing down. Like, you know, let's find a way to 
you know, I, I guess not. I, I guess their hands was tied. It, yeah. In, in a sense, were tied in a way, but but there's still a way to communicate that without rebelling against the system. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. You know, and but they, you know, it, they 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 made it so much more tougher on us by being very aggressive. Um, there was a lot of abuse. You know, physical, literal, literal physical abuse. There were periods of physical abuse. You right. Know, there were, you know, the long work hours. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and the reason I know it was long workouts was because God was getting injured. Yeah, pushing you guys you know, past I the got, limits. I, yeah, you know, I got injured, you know, from sleep de uh, deprivation. Tom, you know, you, you get a guy, you know, uh, lo uh, lodging a, uh, you know, you, I'm, I'm carrying a, you know, I'm rolling a uh, Humvee tire, you know, um, from lack of sleep, you know, rolling it up. A you know uh, a plank that uh, a plank I made. <laughs> this is dumb. I'm rolling up a plank to the to the top top shelf, and then uh, then it rolls back off the shelf, and I try to catch it because I'm <laughs> so sleepy. Right. And it nearly decapitates my head. You know, like causing causing a concussion and um and, and nearly is like a uh, nerve damage. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, that that was a culture, man. Yeah, and and the the ironic part about it, I don't know, the the army and marines have much, their higher ups are in much better shape, but in the navy, it's kind of like the higher your rank, the bigger your stomach, and, and the reason is you have more money for food, and you get the, uh, once you get to a certain rank, you know, the desserts are unlimited in the galley, you know, so, but yeah, and it's funny because they'll be the guys, you know training us and quote beating us and um they're driving alongside in a golf cart with a reconstructed ankle and a 300 pound gut and they have we called it uh the chief's button their bottom button could never be a button so every chief had like their bottom button kind of open and we'll be like your chief's button is showing uh so i saw that i saw that a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's, it's pretty funny and i, I wondered that <laughs> yeah we call i wonder it the what was going button. on with that yeah it was just like not officers. Officers are in shape, but like chief, yeah. senior chief, master chief, it was like we call them the big boys, you know. And it was actually yeah. funny because we had this thing called the fitness enhancement program for any sailors who didn't meet the the physical fitness requirements or their their measurements were were not good. And we called it it's called the physical or the fitness enhancement program. But we sailors enlisted, we called it the uh, fat enlisted persons. So. For any, because typically people who didn't meet the standards were were heavy, and we actually had an officer tell us like, "Hey, that's not hazing. It's a requirement to be in the military. You can make fun of the fat kids all you want." So we're like, "Yes, sir. Thank you." And one day I'm passing with my buddy, uh, what do we call him? The Salmon. Yeah. So he used to co-host the show with me, The Salmon. He wanted to get Dairy Queen, so I was like, "I'll take you, man." And we see the the feppers which you're not supposed to call them that, but the Feppers are training with, with all the big body chiefs. This is their, you know, fitness enhancement program. They were playing dodgeball, the chiefs against all the fat kids. So you have a bunch of chiefs and all these fat kids playing dodgeball. I'm like, man, what kind of military training is this? And I remember I, I told my dad about it. He goes, well, they must've told 
the you know the enlisted sailors like hey last one standing gets a free ticket to the buffet you know so but it, nothing not that was by far one of the best sights i saw is there's a, a bunch of chiefs you know throwing these balls anime style at these fat kids and they're just knocking them down i mean that classic like military movie kind of cliche thing and um yeah you had reminded me i lost my train of thought but it was something about you know the 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 higher ups and and training but it's it's ridiculous the military is always except for the marines which is why i respect the marines the branches keep lowering their physical fitness standards you know and i talked about this the other day when when i first joined it was like you got to do a three-minute plank then then 230 now now it's a minute you know women have to do 10 push-ups maybe 17 push-ups max when i started you had to do 50 push-ups now it's like you know 30 something you know they keep lowering their standards in fact on my most recent episode of david jones locker me and Ms. whitney discussed how you no longer need an education to get into the navy you no longer need a high school diploma or a ged as long as you get a certain score in the asvab about a 50 or 55 which I said, unless you have a waiver, then you could get a 35 and a waiver because, you know, the military, you can waive <laughs> a lot of things or a lot of things you just leave out, you know. Um, yeah, they're just letting anyone in nowadays because they can't get anyone. They were at Anime Con trying to recruit the anime guys and be like, you want to be a real life anime hero? You want to find the one piece? Join the Navy. You can find the real one piece. So it's, it's crazy. The Don't worry, Marcus, though. The Air Force has stepped up their game. You now have to deadlift forty pounds in order to qualify for the Air Force. So hopefully, forty pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, so Marcus, oh, you ever wow. have you ever deadlifted before? Yeah, I've deadlifted before. Have you ever been able to at least pull up the bar? Yeah, I got the bar. Hey, you just qualified for the United States Air Force, man. Oh man, what a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, so we've talked oh, about a man. lot of serious stuff on here, so. If you want, I was going to get into a couple of comical stories, kind of try to lighten the mood a little bit, if that's all right with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine, man. You know, like, uh, you know, this, you know, this uh, podcast is open for it. And, um, yeah, but it's just, it's just scary, though, like, you know, like uh, how, how, how military is, like. Used to be American heroes. Now it's. uh, Yeah, it used to be American heroes, you know, you know, and now, like, it. I don't, I don't know what it is now, you know? Um, yeah. I don't, you know, people were talking about like how, you know, how unprepared we are now. You know, we, 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 we definitely really, are unprepared. Really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we've argued about it on the show because, you know, they're like, you can't have a beard. And it's like, the enemy doesn't care what I look like, man. I don't care. And, and Homewrecker put it best. Uh, I don't know if I can swear on the show, but he's like, we look like a bunch of pussies. A bunch of baby faced pussies is what the military looks like. Let us have our beards. I said, uh, terrorists don't care what we look like, man. Uh, we're, what, what we look like is an American in, in a uniform. They don't care about a beard. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping they'll, they'll get rid of that. But there's so much military. They focus on so much BS that, like, oh, I can't have hand tattoos for half the branches. Like, who cares? Look, if I'm an American person and I'm trying to fight for my country, like, I don't care what tattoos you have. Like, welcome aboard, you know? And yeah, the retention crisis, the recruiting crisis, and we covered that on my show. It's at an all-time low. You know, luckily the movie Top Gun actually, you know, got us a couple. There was a spike in recruitment, but you know, it's interesting. I was reading articles, and the military wants to be like, well, you know, because of COVID, you couldn't have face-to-face interactions with your recruiter, buddy. That's not why recruiting is low. Retention is low. 
They were talking about raising the nuke bonus to re-enlist for just two years, Marcus, to 180k. When I when I uh, joined, there wasn't a bonus if you were like uh, most rates. Now I was in the galley uh, during the end of my third year, and I heard these guys talking. Second week on the ship, they were like boats and mates. So the most basic rate in the navy, 25k bonus, because because no one wants to join. It's insane. There used to be no bonuses. The fact that they have to make these incentives. But then you got to think, too, 180K, well, obviously, they're offering it for a reason, right? And still, you know, so in the nuclear program, Marcus, you can do what's called a star reenlistment. You get two more years, typically shore duty guaranteed, and you rank up, and you get a bonus of about 80K. And my ship was full of people wearing a paper clip on their on their on their left breast pocket, and it stood for "People Against People Ever Reenlisting Civilian Life Is Preferred." That's what paper clips stood for. And we had more people wearing paper clips than not. We had more people getting out than than staying in. In fact, the weed crisis got huge because a lot of sailors are are rebelling because they're like, "Look, if it's legal." It should be like alcohol. We do it in our free time. We don't do it at work. It's all good. And I have mixed feelings about that. But people were smoking it and reporting on themselves and getting an honorable discharge and leaving within like a month or two. It got so bad that or people were just smoking and they didn't care if they got kicked out because you would get kicked out, general discharge, and then you could upgrade after half a year to honorable. It got so bad that I heard rumors they were changing the rule from the no drug tolerance policy to now the captain decides what happens to you because they can't afford to keep losing people. Every time I saw the restricted sailors, the sailors who were going to get kicked out or were punished, all weed smokers, almost every single one of them. People don't want to stay in. And the military isn't, isn't really helping much. You know, they take all these surveys and, and and you got to actually look at those big Navy and and, and big army. You got to look at those surveys we're filling out, you know, because at least me personally, I put, look, here's X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And that's all you got to do to make the military better, right? And I, I don't know if they had that when you were in. And I know it's nowadays, yeah. everywhere you go, command climate survey, all of this and that. And Marcus, I, I'm sure you would agree with this. I said, look, military, this is what you got to do. You sit down with me. You say, all right, how do you want your life to unfold? All right, you want to go to here? You want to be there for this many years? Or whatever, right? Because there's a lot of guys who they want to have a family and they're like, well, we're going to deploy you or we're going to station you for shore duty, but in England. I said, look, I want to stay stateside. I'll give you 20 years, but I want to do this job and for this long and so I can have a family or whatever it may be. Or I'm a single guy and I want to be a party animal for years. You know, there's so many sailors who want to go submarine or, or travel overseas and they spent their whole contract in Virginia. So, I mean, Marcus, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what options uh, do you offer the military to improve retention and recruiting? That was like to, uh, that was one of the big ones that that um, that I that I always talked about. You know, like uh, the about the yeah. <laughs> they call yeah, it the dream so, sheet. Yeah, the dream sheet. <laughs> yeah, the the one that like they just nightmares usually sheet. just like yeah they they, they just keep handing it over. Foul it, you know, like they either foul it or like they shred it. I, I, I don't say, know what they do with they it. They say, you know what would be funny? Let's do mm-hmm. exactly what this guy doesn't want. That would be pretty funny. They, they like, they like, right. they're sitting back there drinking. They're like, let's ruin this guy's life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. But the, 
you know, there's there's usually there's usually like you know the um, that that uh, that option of uh, you know how how can you how can you improve you know being able to like keep families together you know like how can how can you prove like you know um uh when you when you want like like travel pay you know like travel pay should be be way you know way better you know like uh you, you should you should be compensated better for travel pay um, you you should have like yeah nice you know shit. holiday and overtime should be way better you know like um when uh you know like uh in like in like you're talking for navy guys like you know like when you know like when it comes time to like uh start a family because like these guys get in very young you know oh yeah like i I got in i got in when i was 17 yeah everyone i know is like 17 18 you know you know so like you're not you're not thinking that far ahead you know so like you know like i I spent six years of my life. I gave you six years of my life. You know, so so like you know, like you, you, you like yeah, I should I should have some type of like you know family planning counselor that like you know checks in with me. And, yeah. You know, and like uh and, and track you know that that's one thing one thing that I that I did put down. You know, it's like oh you know, you know I should have some type of professional 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 counselor. Um, you know uh, that that works with me. You know, especially being a guardsman. You know. Because I, I get to come back home. So, like, you know, I, you know, like, I don't want to be working at UPS. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that was, that. that was very important to me, you know, and, uh, and then transitioning out, uh, you know, like, what, what happens when I, tra- you know, like, what happens when, when, when I get my contract, you know, so, and, and nobody knew that, you know, and, and nobody knows what happens. Nobody knows what happens. No one knows what happens when they if they get injured, you know. Yeah. So they they, they don't tell you. They don't tell and, you. They don't tell you, you get, down what happens when you get injured. Right. You, exactly. You know. So like, uh, there's no injury pay. You know. There's there's nothing. You know. Like, uh, I mean, if, if you're injured and you're able to return back, you know, there's no like no no bridge with the bridge between that. You know. So like, it, yeah. You know, you, you, you if you want to get uh, go to sick call, you know, like, like, like all of this crazy stuff. Yeah, and honestly, Marcus, just in general, a higher compensation, you know, because most sailors that I experienced, you know, personally, were living paycheck to paycheck, and it wasn't because of bad spending decisions. There's a lot of those. Don't get me wrong; I got plenty of stories, but mm-hmm. just in general, the pay is so low for people who are, are putting everything on the line, you know, and then you've got everyone in the entertainment industry making thousands or millions more than us. And, and, yeah. you know, first responders, nurses, teachers, and military are getting Jack garbage. And it infuriates me. I see billions of dollars being sent to other countries. I said, well, what about our military? You know, what about our men and women out there? Yeah. Unless they get, are so underpaid, you know, enlisted soldiers and sailors are like, they so underpaid, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Like what? 30,000. 20 to 30,000 sometimes less and and they want to say medical and dental and let me tell you ladies and gentlemen medical is closed after your working hours is closed on the weekends Mm -hmm. and they're only available to see you for half an hour in the morning before work when there's a line of 20 people and then they're gonna say come back in two weeks you're fine i've had i've had very little good experiences with with medical and, and my buddies have had even worse especially if it's physical 
because of my ship situation with all the suicides, mental health was was pretty good. It was booked out always, but they would see you. But physical, they'd be like, "You're you're fine. You're fine. Just brush it off." And and we're not going to write this down because we don't want you to get disability when you get out. No, they don't. They fight you. They fight you for it. They definitely going to fight you for it. And um and, and again, like it's 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 definitely minimum wage, you know. So. You know, you, eight, eight cents an hour or something like that. Yeah, it's like a couple yeah. cents an hour when you do the math. Yeah, and hazard pay. You know, when you then when you are uh, deployed, the hazard pay is <laughs> hazard pay is yeah, a... <laughs> yeah more hazard more hazard than pay. It's less pay, more hazard. You know, it's it's crazy, Marcus, because when I got out, and I was working at this this chemical plant doing rotating shift work. There was this thing called extra pay for night shift. There was overtime. Yeah. There was holiday pay. I was like. So hold on, this is everything I've been doing, but now I'm making what I made in a month, in a week or two weeks. It's, it's insane. And yeah, and then you've got these bonuses, but it's like, look, I, I should, this bonus is because I'm giving you two more years of my life or, or, or five more, sometimes six more, you know? And, and like I said, just look, if I want to go somewhere, and that, that's all you got to do. I mean, if they had said, hey, do you want to do this, you know, X, Y, Z, Mr. Whiskey, I would have said, yeah. In fact, I'll do it for 30 years. I said, that's exactly what I want. And and like you said, we're not counseled, you know, there's no mentorship. I know on my when I got to my ship, they were like, find a mentor. And it was kind of like this and that. But oftentimes, it's a mentor who is just someone who works with you and, and they're too busy doing their own thing. They need a separate program just for mentoring or, or family counseling, like you said. And I think that is so important because something I did want to mention earlier was how young we are. Most everyone I knew in the military was 17, 18, 19, 20, at the oldest 20. The military is all they've ever known. Or they went to college after high school and now they're in the military. They've never been an adult adult, you know. And I remember when I got out, Marcus, they tried having me do this financial plan, but it was basically brushed aside. It was a guy saying, hey, are you going to be financially stable? And of course, I, I didn't want to do all paperwork and counseling. So I was like, yeah, yeah. But if someone was actually assigned to sit down with me and, and go over everything, that would have been nice. Or in the beginning, when you first, even at boot camp or, or after boot camp or at some point, like you said, uh, that would be very, very helpful. But yeah. Right. Also, Marcus, it's your show and I don't know how long you go. So and I, I could talk forever. So, you know, that's what I do for a living. So. Uh, that's why I just want to check in with you real quick because oh, yeah, my man. show is, hey. you know, I've had I've had three star reviews because my episodes are too long and I'm like, okay, well, listen to someone else's show. Like I do an hour and a half to two hours, sometimes an hour. I said sometimes forty five minutes. If I don't like you, maybe twenty minutes, and I debate whether I'm going to publish the episode or not. But yeah, sorry. I've just hey, I've had some. I'll, if I Hey, I'm Go with ahead. you on that. And sorry to cut, sorry to cut you off. Like, you know, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I, I cut it right off at, um, you know, like that's why, like, that's why you, you see my slots, my book, my time slots at 30, 30 minutes. Because, like, if I don't like you, I cut you off at 30 minutes. Well, my thing is, the only time I've ever not liked someone is they were a military guy. They're like, yeah, I'll talk about all this stuff, and then all they did was promote their business for 20 minutes, and they're like, all right, good episode, bye. And I was like, look, yep. man. I love promoting people, especially when it's services that are going to help my listeners. So, man, you got to give me a little something back, a little comedy, a little exactly. life advice, something. Exactly. You're not just going to do a plug in, man. I, I, yeah, I'm a person I like too. I have feelings. I have yeah. too many feelings. Yeah, you can yeah. ask any woman I've like dated. I have too many feelings. Yeah. 
Yeah, when people come come on, like, plug and stuff, like, you know, like, they only get in 30 minutes of my time and, you know, and, and of my audience time, you know, like, you know, like, you're not about to get past, you know, because, like, 30 minutes is being nice. 30 minutes is being nice. And I don't like being labeled as nice. You know, you don't be <laughs> want to be labeled as nice, you know, because if you're being nice, that means you're not genuine. <laughs> you want to be kind, you know, you want to be kind, you know, and um, but if I'm being forced yeah, so, to be nice. You know, that means I'm not being genuine. That means I, I genuinely genuinely don't like you, you know, because I don't like what you just did. You know, but yeah. I like you, Mr. Whiskey, and like, you I know, that's why that. you know you know, that's why I'm mind sharing and sharing my time and sharing my audience time with you. And like, you know, and you know, and then like, you know, we, we got time, you know. So like, you know, that's why like, you know, I wanna give you time to like, you know, talk about whatever whatever you wanna talk about. Like, you know, um yeah. in these in these next couple of minutes, like, you know, we, we got up to about like uh, well, another like another seven minutes, seven seven eight minutes. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll just share a funny story about the the Navy in general, and then I'll kind of talk about what I do nowadays. But just because this is kind of funny, so are you on social media a lot, Marcus? Like like TikTok or Instagram or anything? Or yeah, man, I'm on I'm on I'm on all platforms. Okay, okay. Now I don't know how familiar with. TikTok tends to do these, you know, they have trends and, and challenges. Have you ever heard of like the cinnamon challenge was a couple of years ago or like the Sprite challenge or anything like that? I think I remember the Sprite challenge. I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick just, just so I can refresh myself. So, yeah, Ms. Whitney did it uh, on, she didn't do it on my show, but she's on my show. She chugged like a whole bottle of Sprite and she, she could never have it again and made her sick. But like the cinnamon challenge was you would get like a spoonful of cinnamon and try to swallow it. And it was, I think, it was like choking people. It was like hazardous. There was another okay, one. Trying to, so, so basically you're trying to drink the whole bottle without burping? Yeah, yeah. Stupid stuff like that. TikTok, okay. but sometimes they're dangerous. Like the Tide Pod Challenge. Remember people were trying to eat Tide Pods? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was that was silly. <laughs> no, I, I loved it, though, because it happened when I went to boot camp. So we would throw Tide Pods at each other. Be like, have your recruit candy. Here's some recruit candy, man. And we throw the Tide Pods at each other. Um, I, I haven't eaten any Tide Pods. I just want to make that clear. But yeah, and there was the cinnamon challenge, which was like, you know, pure cinnamon powder. just And uh, it was choking people and especially people with asthma were having attacks. There was another one. It was like, I believe, five saltine crackers. You had to eat them in a row without any water. And apparently it's physically impossible. Uh, apparently exactly five saltine crackers will just dehydrate you. The guy telling me about this saltine cracker challenge used to be a uh, master at arms and in charge of all the barracks in Chicago. And Chicago is where boot camp is. It's also where most yeah. of the the basic rates, you know, the um the smaller ASVAB scoring people are stationed, as I'll put it nicely, you know. And they all hang out there. And they, they I've heard some stories about that base, so they can come after me. I mean, Nuke School is its own own breed of of weird stuff on base, but he was in charge of inspecting the rooms. And I love room inspection stories because Nuke School has a whole PowerPoint dedicated to the stuff you're not allowed to have that they have found. Batarangs, knives, swords. They have size limits on, on dildos and, and sex toys because of some of the stuff they found. They've got size limits, quality limits. They've got limits on stuff. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, one one of the funniest signs, I walked into a barracks building in Nuke School and it says, please stop flushing anime figurines down the toilet in sinks. It's for water only. And I'm like, man, you know, one one 
uh, a roommate of a buddy of mine had the Mia Lamia. She's a snake girl from anime. He had her body pillow. It's 28 feet long and it's $300, $400. So weird stuff like that. Never though does anything match what happened at the Chicago base. This guy was telling me about he was at 19 years and like six months and he got put on restriction. Um, and he only had like four months to go before he got out and a woman had saffered him. He said it was his fourth time. And this was a man with wife and kids. He goes, never knew the chick. It just happened. And they took away his short command. But anyway, he used to inspect the rooms and, you know, you would find skeletons wearing the uniform with a dildo on his head or stuff like that. He found, and two people died from this challenge. I want you, ladies and gentlemen, do not try this at home. Two people died from this, and it's embarrassing if you die from this. It's, it's very embarrassing. They were taking Tupperware containers, and they were crapping in it, and they were putting a balloon over it, entirely enclosing it, and they would let all that air rise and ferment for a couple of days, and then they would inhale it, and, and two of them got killed from it. He said they had two fatalities on base from this, but they were huffing their oh own God. fecal fumes that had fermented into a balloon for days. Yeah, thank you. Your, your reaction is exactly what I expected. When I heard this story, I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, that's insane. And it was some kind of trend on social media. People were like, well, we found it on social media. And, I, and all I could think is, all right, I'm the captain of the base. I got to call their parents, the people who died. And I got to be like, ma'am slash sir, your son and daughter has passed away due to... um." a toxic uh, gas exposure, toxic fume. I was like, how are you going to word it? Are you going to tell them exactly what happened? And now I'm thinking as the parents, all right, how are we writing the obituary? How are we giving the funeral speech? You know, um, and I'm comical about it because that is natural selection at its finest. That is stupidity at its finest. Like like death in human life is very valuable to me. But when you do stupid stuff like that, I can't. I, the the sympathy and empathy is only so limited. You know, it's like, Marcus, what's your reaction to that? I mean, could you imagine? You, you kind of like, you know, you kind of like getting rid of your own the sympathy. You know, at that point, you kind of yeah. like saying, like, hey, you know, I, I don't need any sympathy. Don't but, but don't I saw cry online. at my funeral, Marcus. I saw it online, like, man. I saw was, it online. There was a song. There was a song. There's a. <laughs> I think there's a gospel song, Don't Cry For Me. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, but... oh, man. that That's that's disgusting. Like, I, I have heard some disgusting things, but that, that's, that, oh, that's yeah. you know, that's my disgusting thing for the text. Yeah, so everyone, ladies and gentlemen, that's your weekly dose uh, of, of stupidity. And, and hopefully it made you feel better about yourself. Wherever you are in life right now, you're like, at least I'm not at that level of... of Huffing my own fecal matter in a balloon, you know, and and don't get to that point. Please use a toilet, or or if you're gonna be desperate, like maybe a cat's litter box or or a planted pot in the home, just not the Tupperware container, not grandma's Tupperware container that that she sent cookies home with you, you know. So don't. But yeah, Marcus, I figured I, I've got plenty of stories, but I figured I'll share that one with you, and um, now That's you can good. share it with everyone else as well, and yeah. it could be a it's a good conversation starter. It's a good party starter. Like, hey, have have y'all ever tried the 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 fecal balloon challenge? Uh, definitely get you. People will remember you. Yeah, that's a good question to ask people, because <laughs> yeah. then you, you you know then you know if uh, people pull of it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then 
you could always just carry some Tide Pods and, and Sprite on you. You know, you got to have the whole collection. You got to, like Batman's tool belt, I'm going to get that, but I'm going to have Tide Pods, Sprite bottles, a spoon, a jar of cinnamon powder, and then balloons and Tupperwares. And people, there's a very, people are going to be very confused what I do for a living. I am a comedian, so it all seems like it might be part of the act, but I'm just, just in case anyone challenges me via social media to, you know, Mr. Whiskey, can you inhale cinnamon i can inhale more than cinnamon i can inhale my own fecal matter through balloon fumes so um i've never done that i just want to make that clear i know i made it sound like i i am very skilled at that and i am not you know this is marcus's show so i mean maybe maybe you're the host so i want to say i want to give that power to you that that you've done it and and that you are more skilled at it than me hey no i I didn't have my you know my fair share of risk taken you know, in my life, and I'm, and I'm a family man now, and like I prefer to just like you know, uh, okay. be born in my van, in my minivan. Okay, so, but, but ten years ago, ten years ago, you you would have had a party, huh? Yeah, I probably would. I probably would have had a party, man. I probably would have, you know, been been a, uh, you know, one of those guys in a tango outfit, you know, the, the, toga, <laughs> the toga outfit, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah with so. some uh, the tissue around my head. You know, uh, making tissue zombies. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But so so I was going to say, just what I want to leave everyone with on on a serious note is is looking out for each other, you know, taking care of each other, asking those questions, those difficult conversations. And one thing I want to mention, too, is the reason I talked about the car ride is, especially for grown men who, who struggle to talk about these things, the car ride. And children, if, if if you're having trouble reaching out to your kids and connecting with them, Marcus, and, and everyone, a car ride sets up this intimate space, but you're not making eye contact. You're you're able to talk to each other and, and feel distant, but connected. And so I highly encourage y'all, if you're having trouble breaking through with someone, invite them out for a drive, maybe somewhere country scenic, sometimes at night. And, and instead of that space, sometimes people need that space. Um, but yeah, look out for each other. If you're in the military, when they say, make sure you call your mom, for real, stay connected with your family. You know, they, they are going to move on and get used to living life without you, but they don't have to get rid of you completely. You know, you still have an important part in their life. They're letting you do your thing. You're letting them do their thing. And make sure you stay connected with friends. Uh, be able to talk to your higher ups about how you're feeling. You know, it's their job to take care of their soldiers and sailors. and civilian side same thing um and like we talked marcus about about the statistics for children suicide be talking to your kids as well everyone who's a parent or an uncle or an aunt or grandparent you know kids are going especially because of social media they're going through a lot of emotions i think faster and sooner and more complex than we were so make sure you're taking care of them Uh, again as marcus mentioned i'm the founder of couple of nukes podcast so i do have a platform forum where i talk about all this stuff and hopefully in the description below for this you could find that my website and it has a catalog of every episode broken into what kind of conversations you want to have so whether you want to listen to all the army stuff the marine stuff life and dating and yeah and you can always email me a couple of nukes at gmail.com to be on the show or if you want me to talk about a certain subject or share a story and you can also find me on the owl app where you can call me at any time to talk about any of this stuff. But Marcus, I want to thank you so much for all this time you've given me. I feel a little honored compared to some of your other guests. But yeah, I want to thank you, man, for for having this platform as well. 
where you also help people. And so thank you, one, for your service, and two, for what you do now. And I, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Mr. Whiskey, man. You, you man, you, like, that's why I love talking to podcasters. They, they, they know, they know, they know how to do the call to action properly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I, you know, you made this, this so easy for me today, man. And, um, it's always good to just lay back and, and uh, get some good conversation in and, you know, and, and get some good content. So, um, you know, from a good friend, man. So, you know, we, we're going to be, we're going to stay connected for a long time and, um, you know, so like real good to have you. So, and yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, you know, Transformers out there, you, 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 you got the call to action. So make sure you check out a couple of news. Yeah. And like you said, I, I got, I got all the info in the, in the episode description and, um, it's clearly spelled out. I, I, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> he, he, did it, it he did it all. You know, so uh, until next time. Um, many blessings, peace, and lots of love. I'm Marcus. And I'm Mr. Whiskey.